He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Today, um, hopefully I can finish this, uh, because next week, uh, Wednesday, Pastor Roy is preaching, and the week after that, Pastor Larry is preaching, and I'll sit back and critique them. No, kidding. <laughs> Good, 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 good preacher. So next Wednesday is going to be very exciting. And the week after is going to be very exciting as well. And I'm glad that God has brought these uh, people of God, women and men, that can actually break the word and uh, speak to us. But tonight I want to speak on the force of the new covenant. The force of the new covenant. Every born again person is a child of God by covenant. It's a child of God by covenant. And so we understand he's not like the natural birth is by covenant. And this is really strong. It's by covenant we are children of God. Sealed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This covenant has been sealed with the blood of God's Son. And Jesus calls it the blood of the new covenant. The blood of the new covenant. So you are a son or daughter of this new covenant relating to God. You are a child of God. Every born again person comes under the covering of this new covenant. So you're protected under God's covenant. Now there is something about, uh, with God with regards to covenant people. His covenant people. The children of Israel, they were God's covenant people. And God was always with them. Whether they felt like he was with them or has abandoned them, there is always a plan in God's heart for his covenant people. Generally, he deals with the whole people. The people of Israel. My son. They are just like one. And the church is still the same way. One body. Is the way God deals with And yet, he's dealing with the different individuals and making different covenants with different individuals based on what they want and what God is doing in their lives. But all is for the body of Christ. So remember tonight, you are a covenant child of God with a purpose in his heart for his kingdom. Hey. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> so, there's something about this. Now, I discovered something. Whenever a covenant person is in trouble, for whatever reason, and it could be because God permitted it, and you groan under that trouble, something happens. God remembers his covenant. I'm not sure if he forgets, but that groaning sets him and puts him into action. Whenever there is a groaning, there's groaning coming from his people. Listen to what God says in in Exodus chapter 6. It says, I have established my covenant with them. That's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God speaking to Moses. God said, I have in the past established my covenant with them. 
But now there's going to be a new covenant with Moses, with the children of Israel. But the covenant actually started with Abraham. So that covenant was established. God said, I have established my covenant with them. And under that covenant, God prepared it. If you read Psalm 105, God allowed it before they enter into their promised land. God said, there's a time of waiting. There's there's going to be a time of waiting. But before then, you will go into Egypt. And they were in Egypt. And now God was about to get them out. He says this, I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. The land of their pilgrimage. In which they were strangers. And I have also heard, so there is that covenant and then there is promise. The covenant always goes with the promise. And you have to discover the promises of the covenant. We have a lot of them. Second, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 talks about those uh, great and precious promises. So you ought, to, you ought to go back to those promises and remember them. It says, first, there is the covenant that we established. And part of the covenant is to give them a land. For us, the part of the covenant is to give us a land. Not in this world. There is a better land. Amen? There is a better land. And so he said to them, that's part of it. But also, I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel. That's his covenant people. I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Now, when, when something is happening to you it's, and it's not pleasant, it's never from God. But always remember, God plans these things. I don't understand it. But God will not allow you to go through something that you cannot handle. He allows it and it's for a purpose. And that's the way he directs your path if you are under living purely under the covenant. No matter what happens to your life, no matter what comes into your life, to things good or bad, especially the disturbing things, God allows it to position you in a place where he can fulfill his covenant plan for your life. Read Psalm 105. It was clear there. God sent uh, uh, Joseph ahead because of the covenant promise. God had already told Abraham they will be in a place and they will hold them in bondage. But then there was going to be, God was going to take care of them. To bring them there, he sent Joseph ahead. And he dealt with Joseph like a covenant through, through dreams. And he says, God, in Psalm 105, God sent Joseph ahead. And he said, the word of God, they put him in chains. He said, his feet were in chains and all of that. But he says, the word of God tested, until the word of God was fulfilled. The word of God tested Joseph. So God allows it, and it's God's word testing you. But through the test, God brought him to the place that was the man God sent ahead of him. So that he can protect them and take care of them. And Joseph understood in his covenant, the the covenant understanding, that God was going to take the children of Israel out. And so he told the children of Israel, when you leave, don't leave my bones here. So he knew. That that man was an unusual person. uh, Joseph. 
He knew a lot of things. He didn't speak a lot, but he knew a lot of things. It was obedience to the call. Selling of Joseph, pieces of silver, same thing with Jesus. You can see the tap there. But that was the one. And so God allows us. But every time you groan, that was what happened to them. It seems like the time they were groaning was the time God was now ready to get them out of it. When it's really painful, still depend on your God. Something is about to happen. When you can't sleep and it's really bothering you, and there is a groaning coming to you, especially when you pray and you groan. Listen to what God said. I've heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Basically, I'm acting not because they are suffering. I heard the groaning, and that reminded me of my covenant. And I've got to do something. And you read another part of that passage. God says, I have now come down to bring deliverance to them. So every time you groan, God remembers his covenant. Now, I'd like to read uh, Romans 8 verse 26. You know the scriptures. The groaning that comes out from us. When we, even when, and that's why I encourage everybody, if you can pray in tongues, if you can't, Meet with me or some of our leaders here. They will help you tonight. Amen. I love praying in tongues. I don't pray in English very much. If you're around me, you probably won't. And I don't apologize. Whether you like it or not, it's your business. I like praying in tongues. And I like praying in tongues loud. When I can't do it over there as much, when I feel like it, I come into this place and I yell in tongues really loud. I like it. It's been that way. I, I told you the story of one of my friends, pastor friends in Nigeria. I'm coming back to that scripture, brother. My pastor friend in Nigeria, of course, when, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, the Christians never prayed in tongues much. They only prayed in tongues in church when they feel emotionally stimulated. It's a woo baba And then he goes, that was the best service. I really enjoyed that stuff because he was able to pray in tongues a little bit. And they never prayed in tongues much. They didn't do that very much. Except they feel. But I came here to the United States and I started reading part of my book. Then God gave me understanding. So I went back home uh, after a few years here. And I was with my pastor friend. He says, brother, good luck. Let's pray. I said, yeah, we can pray. He told me what to pray about. Yeah. When I knelt down and I started speaking in tongues. And I won't stop speaking in tongues. And in his mind, he was really afraid something is happening to him. There must be a demon here. And he kept binding and losing. And he binds him. And I heard him binding for a while. And I thought, I wonder why he's binding. What is he binding? There's no demon in my room. He was losing and binding. So I finally realized he thought something was wrong with me. So he was binding to stop me from praying in tongues. So I decided, I'm going to punish this brother today. The more he was binding, the louder I screamed in tongues. He was yelling, binding. I said, you, you're going to bind today. You won't be through with this binding. Because I'm not going to quit. And I'm not speaking the word in English. It's going to be all in tongues. 
And he, after a while, he relented and he said, I don't think, I think it's okay. What's the matter with that? After we finished, he said, well, brother, look at you, we're praying in tongues. I said, yeah. Showed him the scripture. Look, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. We do not know what. We do not know what. He said we do not know how. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. We, including Apostle Paul, we don't. It's a weakness we have. Yet God expects us to pray according to what we know. Okay? But there are things we don't know. There are things about my son now he's in school. I don't know what's going on there. How can I pray for what's happening in his life? What if he's driving at night and, and trying to get back to his dorm room and there is a drunk driver? I won't know that. But God knows it. So we do not know. We have that weakness. Every one of you, like I'm looking at you now, every one of you has that weakness. God says we, the Spirit, helps in our weaknesses. What's the weakness? We do for because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with what? Groanings. It's interceding, but there's also that part of groaning. And when God hears those groanings coming from us, He remembers the new covenant. And the new covenant comes into force. That problem is not going to stay very long. Can I hear an amen? amen? He remembers it. That's why I believe in praying in tongues. Paul says, I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than every one of you. The man that had the greatest revelation, if God says, I prayed in tongues more than every one of you, and it's written in the scripture, probably there's never been another man that prayed in tongues as much as Paul did. And he had the greatest revelation. Taught us a lot. It's a secret. I pray that God helps you to understand the secret. I don't apologize for it. I don't apologize because I found out this has really shown me. I can pray in tongues and all of a sudden an idea comes in. And the idea is always produced in the natural. It's always produced. I, I, I like to test something. And God opens your mind so you can understand how to get. And then the confidence, the peace of God that passes knowledge. When you pray in tongues, the confidence comes into you as a child of the covenant. The yes, you are protected. God has heard the groanings because the Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. Read verse 27. So that prayer reminds God of His covenant. Every time God hears that groaning coming from His Spirit in you, through you, God remembers his promise in this word concerning whatever you're going through. And God, according to this scripture, God says, I have, I, have, I have now come down to bring deliverance to them. 
the force of the old covenant. Believe me, the ten miracles, signs, and wonders that God did in Egypt was not because of the children of Israel, but as a reason of the covenant. That's the reason why we have those plagues in Egypt and all the signs. God says, I am going to, I have a covenant with their fathers. And now the covenant, old covenant is going to be enforced in the face of Satan, and Pharaoh. And he will let my people go with a strong hand. Because now I have re- I've remembered my covenant and I have come down to demonstrate the force of the covenant before the enemy and free my people. That was the reason for the, for the miracles and the signs that happened. The fierceness with which God dealt with Pharaoh, with those ten plagues, all the things that God did, they were all because of the covenant. That's why he came down. I've heard their cries and their groanings. And I remember my covenant. What brought him down? The remembrance of his covenant. And that's why God's on your side always. Not because of you. The covenant he has with his son. And when something is coming against that covenant and the covenant, every covenant goes with a covenant promise. God's covenant promise to to David, your son will always be on the throne. Do you remember that? That's the covenant promise. And when he grows... God is there. It's not because of you. I understand it. It's because of the Lamb of God. The covenant promise coming through the blood of Jesus. As long as you are under that covering of that covenant and you can cry out to God and God hears it, He comes down and nobody stands in His way. Nobody stands in His way. He's going to free you. That's the reason for that. The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, they were all because of the covenant. God remembered the covenant. The pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, they went before the children of Israel. That was the reason why that happened. It's not because of what they've done, good or bad. It was by reason of the covenant. Even when they were rebellious in the wilderness, the manna was the reason, I mean, the covenant was the reason for manna in the wilderness. They ate angels' food. Why? Not because they were Jews. They were in covenant with God. He treated them differently. They had water in the wilderness. A, a, A rock followed them everywhere they went. They're walking and the rock's right there. Where they can go, drink, wash their clothes, whatever they wanted to do. It wasn't because of them. Not because of any good thing that they had done. The reason for that was because they were God's covenant people. God says there's a shout of a king among them. So you have that today. It's always because of your relationship with God. And he protects you. You come under the covering of that covenant. And God has said, you are anointed of him. Touch not my anointed. And like preachers like to take that to themselves alone. 
is for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. But you are filled with the Holy Spirit that grows from inside of you. You are anointed. And John tells us that you have the anointing in you, right? And the anointing teaches you all things. You are anointed. And God has said, don't touch the anointed, my anointed. Why? They are covenant people. That's Old Testament. They were covenant people. And you are a covenant person. You come under the covering of the covenant. And God dealt with Israel as a people. But he also dealt with the individuals. Based on their devotions with him. But you have to understand, regardless of what's happening in your life, you are under his covenant. And you are under that covering of that covenant. God was so gracious to them in the wilderness. It's something frightening. The cloud. This is an amazing thing, how God will provide for them. Even in their rebellion and punishment, going in between and out. And God gave them manna all through the time they were in the wilderness. For 40 years. Think about it. For 40 years. He said when they went into the land and they started getting the fruit, the fruit from the land, that's when he ceased. Later. God demonstrating he is able to take care of the needs of his covenant people as long as they come under the covenant. Regardless of the circumstance, he is able to take care of them. And in the wilderness, that's the way God does his thing. If it was somewhere, say, well, it must be God is able to gather fruits for them to eat. No. He did it right there in the wilderness for them. And then you remember the story. Pharaoh said he was going to go and get the people because he felt he had let them go. This wasn't right. <coughs> Reading Exodus chapter 14, beginning from verse 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. As they got close, the angel moved from the front. He was leading them, but now the angel moved from the front and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them. The pillar of cloud was what led them in their journey. They didn't have to worry about direction. No GP, GPS, no, not none of that stuff. <laughs> they just need to follow the, the pillar of cloud. And he left and went behind them. And he came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one is the same cloud. He gave one, this, the Egyptians what they deserve. Darkness. And he gave the children of Israel on the other side light. A separation. You know what the Bible calls you? You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So, so that the one did not come near the other, God was protecting them. He said, you guys can go to sleep for a while. You're going to have darkness. And the other people, they had light when it was day. And darkness when it was night. And God was monitoring. Why? Was it because they were so good? No. They were covenant people. 
and God did everything as rebellious as they were, <laughs> complaining, and we still have some of those in the church. Not in this church, for sure. <laughs> and God was still being good to them, in spite of all that. Why? By reason of the covenant. By reason of the covenant. Listen to this in Psalm 105, verse 37. He also bred them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribe. I like Bill's testimony tonight. <laughs> none feeble. No one saying, I feel old. My bones are aching. Oh, I don't know how I can walk today. No feeble person for 40 years. For 40 years. I don't think, you know, sometimes I'm asking God, please open my mind. I need to understand who you are. I guess this doesn't, for you, the natural, how can this be? If you were born the first day they went in, you'll be 40 years old later. And the guy who was 30 years before, he's now 70, but he's still strong. Not feeble. Nobody's complaining of being sick. Nobody's having allergies and all of that kind of stuff. Uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> My bones ache. But for 40 years. Why? Because of the covenant. Because of the covenant. You know, uh, Caleb, God says, I see a different spirit. That's the spirit that God sees in you today. Amen? And for that reason, even at 80, or about 80 years old, he says, I want to join the Marines. I can go to that mountain and I'll, I'll take them all out. Because of the reason of the covenant. That's the way the, co- the covenant came into force in their life. You know, I've read that the covenant uh, actually came into full force in the days of David and Solomon. Okay? In the days of David, one man would destroy a whole army. One man. Not because he was muscular, we don't understand it. How can one man destroy a whole army? One person. They were killing giants. David's men. It's an amazing thing. It came into full force. And then in days of Solomon, it changed. No more, no more fighting. He's just prosperity unlimited. In the days of Solomon, gold like dust. Why? Was Solomon special? No. His covenant. And his covenant promises. And we are still under that today. In Genesis 17, verse 10, he says, This is my covenant which you shall keep. So there's 
there is a part for you to keep. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you, me and you, and your descendants after you. What are you going to keep? Every male child among you shall be circumcised. That's a lot of keeping, right? <laughs> it does. What qualifies you to be in the covenant? Every male. The house. This is my covenant you should keep. We like to make it very complicated, right? Uh, something to do and feel good or I'm holy. God didn't say that. Can I read that again? Clearly. This is my covenant which you shall keep. Between me and you. And your descendants after you. So what I did to keep? Every male child among you shall be circumcised. You know what that is? That brings you under the covenant. Now everything that was promised, you are under that covenant. It's yours. Not by anything you've done. That's why I can understand the blind man saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what he was saying? I am a covenant person. I deserve your attention. And I know the covenant says, you, Messiah, you are coming, and I've got to get well. You're going to do it today. Be quiet. No, he yelled louder. He was a covenant person. Jesus said of the woman that was doubled over, she said, child of Abraham, right? Covenant person. Covenant. So because you are a covenant person, God has obligated himself to taking care of you as long as you stay under the covenant. As long as you stay under the covenant and you proclaim that covenant over your life, over your family, over your children. I've said it here, Isaiah 54, one of my greatest scriptures, I mean passage in the scripture, because it says, all your children shall be taught of God. I'm a covenant person. God, you have to teach my children. Great shall be the peace of your children. I can expect them. Will they have troubles? Oh, yes. Difficulties will come. But when it's over, they will have great peace. God allows this to teach them a lesson and to position them for his destiny for them. That's the way I understand it. In righteousness you shall be established. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God says you shall condemn. And I'm going to condemn every voice. You know, I'm a pastor here by the grace of God. And I know people say things about you. Don't bother me. When I come in, I cancel everything they are saying bad about me. Yes. The good things are left. I just leave behind. Come on me. But those bad words, I cancel them. That's their opinion, but it has no effect on my life. Amen? And you should do the same thing. No matter what they are saying, don't work. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, God says, condemn it. Why? If those voices have no influence on your life, why would God tell you to condemn them? And why are you not doing it? Why are you not? Maybe you're struggling because you haven't spoken to those voices. Those tongues that have risen up against you. Maybe you haven't. 
You don't realize that, well, God will take care of that. No, God said, you shall condemn them. And if you don't, whatever you bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. He's not whatever is bound in heaven. You bind it on earth and it's bound in heaven. You use your tongue. Don't just let it lie. Cancel it. When I have a bad dream and I don't like, when I wake up, I tell the dream, you will never see one day of manifestation in this natural life. I cancel that dream. Whatever the intent of Satan is, I don't want it for my life. And if it's a good one, uh, baptize me with it. Oh, yes. Knock me over and may I never recover. That's right. (laughs) Angela, you better be careful over there. I'm really suspicious this is next day. She knows what I'm going to say. That's what it is. So the key word there, ooh, the key thing there is circumcision. Right? That's what makes you a covenant person. And once you are a covenant person, now you have obligated God to take care of you as long as you stay under the covering of that covenant. And the covenant will always be in force for you. If you neglect the promises, then you remember Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his who forgives, and then he tells you, don't forget all, all of his benefits. They are benefits. Uh, got to use them. Listen to what he says. Romans 2 verse 29. But he is a Jew. I'm looking at Jews over here tonight, right? He is a Jew. That's a covenant person. Who is one inwardly. And circumcision is, is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, works, so that no one will boast. God does the circumcision in your heart. When you receive Christ. And when that's done inwardly, not outwardly, that brings you into the new covenant. And you, according to this scripture, you are a Jew, spiritually. The new Israel of God, a covenant person. Now you've come under the covenant of God, the covering of the covenant. So every time you groan, Amen? Every time you groan out of what's coming against your life or against your family, against your finances, whatever it is, every time you groan, the Father remembers the new covenant and the force of the new covenant is revealed in that circumstance. Only don't be afraid. Only don't be afraid. This is so important. The force of the new covenant. You see, 
the new covenant came in, into real force because the circumcision is of the spirit, right? Came into real force for us on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And you can immediately tell the difference. That's how you know. The covenant has come into force. As soon as the disciples received the Holy Spirit, these individuals who had so many questions and didn't seem to understand where they were going. They were still talking about, are you going to deliver the, the government to, the, to Israel at this time? They still were clueless as to what God wanted to do. But from the day of Pentecost, nobody taught them. They knew what they were after. The covenant came into force. Once the Spirit came and their hearts were fully circumcised and they came under the covering of the new covenant, they were both filled with purpose, knew where they were going, knew where they were coming from. The force was there, the force of the Holy Spirit, which is in you today. You have received the Holy Spirit. Wake up! Isaiah 52. Awake, awake. O Zion, put on your beautiful garment. We should wake up. We should wake up. We should. The Bible says in the same chapter, shake yourself from the dust. We need to. Why? We're covenant people. We can. We can. I'm not going to hang my head down. We can. We can. It just, just last week, I had a call. I was telling my wife from somebody. He's significant to me. Uh, somebody, my brother's friend, they were close. When I was newly saved, they persecuted me like crazy. I mean, it was, it was not easy. It was not easy. The story is out there. It's been years, many years. But he was reminding me, I'd, ne- I'd never seen him for many years. He said he saw me when I went to home, not this time, the other time I went for Bera, but I was into it. I, didn't even, I probably wouldn't have recognized him. But he called me, and he was reminding me. He said, we persecuted you greatly last time. He said, yeah. He said, but after God broke those chains from you, we then realized that this is different. God was in this man's life, so we quit. He's still affecting his life to today. Still affecting his life today. I don't talk too much about it sometimes when I have to. But I remembered I wasn't afraid of a voodoo doctor. The chief voodoo doctor, if you're from Nigeria, Isokolan, I wasn't scared of him. I was just a few days old as a Christian. But I knew who was, who was with me and the covering I had come under. He had no power over me, and I told him so. Soon as I got in, I sat before the voodoo doctor. I pointed to him. I said, "You probably have more trouble than I have." He was looking at me like that. He had me changed. The fellow was saying the chains were broken to pieces. I don't remember that. I just knew the chains were gone from my body. Oh yes. My mother is the one probably who spread that story because she was in the room. They, she inspected the chain with the voodoo doctor after I was out in the, in the outside watching them. But I do remember that night. It was a new Christian with chains over my hands. And God said to me, 
in my after I was thinking. He, I was crying out to him, and I heard this little voice. Why are you crying out to me? The chains are loose. Why don't you take your hands off? And I said, really? I checked. It was loose. They wound it over my hand several times and padlocked it. I just pulled, pulled them off and dropped it. God did that for me as a new Christian. And then now, after I've lived for God over these years, I'll be afraid of a voodoo doctor? Forget it. I'm under the covering. Amen. This great covenant, powerful covenant, I'm under that covering. And so the, the covenant is enforced. I won't go into it much tonight, but think about what happened. First day that the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people got saved. I joined wholeheartedly. I began to learn about this new covenant. Few days later, 5,000 with miracles. A, a man born lame from his mother's womb. And then a few days later, they were laying, chapter 5, they were laying people on the streets for Peter's shadow. Do you remember Peter who denied Jesus three times? A few days later, he was, his shadow was healing people. And they were bringing people from all over the country to lay down, perhaps as big Peter, okay, just walks around, his shadow was healing them. Whoo! I'm telling you. That's exciting. The covenant came into force because of the power of the Holy Spirit. I think we should wake up. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to God. Please help me. We talk about miracles. I want to see bigger things. Amen. And we should as a church. We need to see more. We need to see more. The covenant is in force today. Two things that are stopping us and I'll stop. It's finally and finally, right? <laughs> My wife's going to get me <laughs> for doing this. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into scriptures. We are not aware of what the covenant offers. We don't really know what the covenant offers. But we have to dig to know that. Second, even when we know, we still stay double-minded. That's our problem. We don't want to go all the way. Sometimes we are afraid if it doesn't work. So we don't want to go all the way. What if, if I pray and nothing happens? I'll lose my authority as pastor. Stay with your authority as pastor with no miracles. Okay. Those are the things. We had Either not aware of what the covenant offers, or we stay double-minded. We're listening to the world, we're listening to our flesh, and what we know what the scripture says. So what you hear from Christians, I know the Bible says that, but that's what we hear. Sad. But really, the covenant is in force today. And at the Ark Fellowship, we are going to see the force of the new covenant. Amen? We will. And we are open to it. We are open to it. The time is so far gone. Stand up. (laughs) I tell you what. If you never pray for somebody to be healed, 
God may never use you. Amen? Do it. Lay your hands and pray for them. You don't have to do it in church. Uh, Blaine and uh, Gunnar, they were in uh, Minute Maid downtown praying for the sick. When was this? Yesterday, yeah. And I, I prayed for them. And uh, I'm going to be hearing words pretty soon. These kids are up to something. You don't have to do it in church, okay? <laughs> Leave pastor's position for him, okay? Do your stuff. <laughs> and God will use you. Bring the testimony, okay? And we'll be doing great work for the kingdom. So I'm really appreciative of that. I pray some other young people will go with them until they start saying, where these kids come from? They are fellowship. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Would you lift your hands up to him in praise tonight? Thank you, Master. Thank you. We're so grateful that we have you as our God. We are no longer without hope and without God in the world. We are your covenant people and you have much to show to us. God, we ask that you will open our eyes and open our ears that we might hear and see the things that you have reserved for your covenant people. I speak peace into every life tonight. Lord, if your people are troubled for whatever reason, let them find a place of peace tonight. Speak to your heart to God that God is not a man that he shall lie. If he has said, he will do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. Let that be deposited in their hearts tonight with great confidence that you are ever faithful to your covenant. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless.